This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I'm Nadia, and with me are my friends Lon and Mariam. Everyone, this is Mariam. Welcome to this week's podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Lon. Ladies, I got a question for you real quick. Serious, 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 serious. If I'm sending dick pics to eight different women, do I send like eight different photos of my dick or do I send the same one to all of them? Like, is there a rule about this? (laughs) Don't forget to wish them hi, good morning (laughs) or hi, good night. (laughs) Here it is. Here's my schlong glam. (laughs) Good afternoon. Boom. Oh, man, that guy. We'll get to him in a bit, but shall we start with Andre and Elizabeth? Libe, what can I say? Yeah, I think that was a fun scene. They all still started ganging up on Andre's brother, which I thought was terrible. Just like kind of how they set up. Was that that was his wife, right? That they invited on the the triangle. Andre's sister-in-law. Andre's sister-in-law, right. Now it was like his turn to catch like them cornering him and stuff and pressuring him about Andre's past. <laughs> no, that's actually his best friend. That's not his brother. Oh, his best friend. Yeah, that was Marcel, I believe. His right, friend. right. They're like, I guess they're like brothers, but they were friends and they were both on the police force. Correct. That was, right. So uh, two things here. One, do you believe his good cop story that yes, you know, there's police corruption. It's, it's rampant apparently in Moldova. Uh, well, according uh, to his brother-in-law or friend, see, I'm already forgetting the title that Andre was not following orders or was not in agreement, say with the corruption and he had to leave. So that, that, that was one thing. And then two, why don't they believe that story? You know what I mean? Do, do you think, one, do you think he's he's lying about that? Is that a story you believe? And uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I forgot where my train of thought was going already. <laughs> Sorry. We'll start there. <laughs> Personally, don't believe that Andre was like being this holier than thou police officer. I think that he was disobeying. Yeah, I believe that part, that he right. wasn't following directions, but you know, if anything, that he was know, fighting I, corruption. Yeah, <laughs> there's no guy. way. There's no way he was fighting corruption. If anything, I'd like kind of point my finger at him being the corrupt one, right? Like he looks like he would definitely. He just looks slimy and like I don't know, just shifty. <laughs> so he was so, he was escaping. I don't know prosecution or something punishment, or punishment maybe? repercussions, right? Yeah, from like, from not <laughs> listening, or maybe he was escaping repercussions from for being a crooked cop that they caught. Right, mm-hmm. that could also be another another right. thing for him. So I I don't believe this story at all. I thought maybe he was escaping the mafia or someone higher up 
that he thinks would harm his life for not following protocol. That mm. that was the speculation I got. You know that he didn't he didn't want to do a job, and he was afraid they might let him go, or they might get rid of him. And by get rid of him, could also mean killing him. So he decides to escape to Ireland, and by doing so, it's it kind of works to his advantage because you know I'm guessing in Ireland he's probably earning more than mm. what he's earning in Moldova. So. That was my my speculation. He was a cop also in Ireland. Was no, he that? was a bouncer in oh, a Ireland. Bouncer, right. So I guess he used his cop skills to like find a job there. But right. you know, as a bouncer. But yeah, Mario might be right. I mean, it, it could be that he's the crooked one and he's running away from being persecuted. <laughs> I wonder if Ireland is one of those non extradition country, or you know, like a safe haven where he can escape and be a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that Jen annoys me, you guys. She sounds like a dumb bee. <laughs> I don't know what you guys she think. She is just so full of drama. She is just like always just, she has this like holier than thou attitude. And yeah. right. she's always putting everyone down. And she's always kind of like poking the bear, which is always Andre. Yeah. Um, and always putting down Moldova and putting down Andre and putting down the culture and like, Anything he says, she just needs to contradict it. Like she's like a, just has to just always go against whatever is happening just to be like provocative, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's totally, she totally annoys me. I feel you there, Nadia. Yeah, no, if, if I were Libby, I'd be tired of her shit, dude. <laughs> I'd be like, look, if that was my brother, I'd be like, oh, what what's going on here, dude? <laughs> like, what, what exactly is your problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem to, I don't know. And, and I, like you said in the previous episode, Miriam, like, it, any, it, it's just because it's Andre. They could be anywhere, you know? They could be at the Eiffel Tower. And if it's in, if it's in Moldova, they'd be like, no, nah, it's a piece of shit. Like, yeah, not, exactly. That's, that's what Barry said last week. <laughs> yeah. They just hate him. They just hate right. the guy. I get it, though. I hate him, too, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, found it ironic that, like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, he's a good cop. And he had to leave and blah, blah, blah. And, like... He's telling this to a family of criminals. So, of course, they're exactly. not going to buy that story. That, that was where I was headed with that. was like, Hilarious. of course, they're not going to buy that, dude. They're, they're criminals, man. They don't care. Like, screw the police, right? They're like, no, he's a cop. Dude. They're not going to buy that good cop story, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they kept trying to find more dirt on him. Yeah. Do you think it's fair that Libby's family is putting him on notice? Like, even though Andre is trying hard to kind of make amends, none of them found it like sincere and convincing and do you think that's fair or do you think andre deserves it um see i'm kind of in this weird place about this this story like part of me thinks they're not they don't even really care but it's the one like plot device that they're using to to push the story along maybe the wedding like because it hasn't happened yet it's the rest of the filler isn't interesting enough so they fill that with, oh, let's pursue like Andre's past. So they keep asking about his past. Like, dude, he's been married to Libby for how long already? You're only now bringing this up? You know, there aren't these questions yeah. you should have asked before? Like, why is this coming up now? So it almost seems fabricated, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And that's just kind of where I'm at with this. Aren't they really interested in why he went to Ireland? What are they going to do when they find out? 
oh, you need to leave. Like you have, you guys need a divorce. Like what exactly is the outcome of this when they do find out? So I don't know. It, it just seems like a plot device, you know? I can totally see that. I feel like Andre was, was such an ass from day one that they just hate him. And, you know, they're just trying to make it as uncomfortable as possible for him. Mm. And if it wasn't the fact that Libby's dad was going to pay for the wedding, her family wouldn't even be there. You know, it would just be like the Andre Libby show with his family in Moldova. Like he doesn't give a shit about his in-laws and the in-laws don't give a shit about him. So it's a very forced interaction. And I think that's why it's so awkward all the time, because I think that if it was their choice, they'd probably avoid each other, right? They wouldn't be in the same areas in the same time and be around each other so frequently. So the fact that they haven't really like forgiven Andre, I'm not surprised. And the fact that Andre is like on his best behavior to, you know, get his wedding bill paid again, doesn't surprise me. Everyone's just using each other for one thing or another, you know? Yeah. I already forgot about the wedding bill, but yeah, that's, (laughs) that's true. You just remember them crushing grapes. That's all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you guys, her dad, it looked like he had cuts on his leg or scabs or something like ooh, who's gonna drink that i don't know oh, it just it didn't look sanitary to me right i'm just like ooh, like is he yeah have extra <laughs> like, <gross>. fungus flavor <laughs> yeah. you know so who gross. else has like bruises on their legs i mean mm-hmm. i'm not sure about cuts but sort of like scars and bruises on their legs stephanie i noticed Never. that <laughs> i haven't heard <laughs> stephanie's like stuff stepanko yeah, Stepanko. Oh, that I, Stephanie. <laughs> I, I noticed that on um, B90. Because you mm. know how she likes to wear, like, dresses. So, like, I right. started to notice her legs. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have a pop quiz for you guys. All right. How much do you think Elizabeth is worth? Worth? Mm-hmm. Throw out a number. Whoa. Uh-huh, okay. Okay. 100k really higher higher i thought lower (laughs) no okay so hmm, higher okay let's i don't okay well well, let me ask you this what is her occupation other than being um a a 90-day fiance celeb doesn't she work with her father she's like a property manager a property manager oh wow i didn't okay I, i would say 110 120 at most Damn, you guys. You guys have little faith in her. I said half a million. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. But, yes, uh, she is worth a million dollars. She's a millionaire? Mm-hmm. From what? Oh. So, she obviously is a property manager, right? Okay. She's helping her dad. Uh, she makes about $50,000 through acting roles. So, she's a small-time actress. Oh, my gosh. Um, that sucks. And she's also an influencer on Instagram. And get this, Andre and her have a real estate business called Castrovet. Oh, is it Castrovet Properties LLC? So then this whole money thing is just a ruse. Exactly. It's oh, all man. made up. And, oh my gosh. No wonder Andre doesn't want to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> guess what? Now. He is the president of their property company. Oh, you know, he is the president and she's the vice president. The property company has nothing to do with her dad. 
I think it's their own. They, yeah, they started their own, but using his money apparently. Wow. Yeah. I think surprising. I mean, I'm 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 not even mad that they're millionaires. It's just that this whole like I'm an actress thing. Like TLC, why are you hiring actors to be in a reality show? Like, and, and that's another thing. Once I saw like Angela was on Maury, so there's there's this thing I hate about actors who make mm-hmm. reality TV mm-hmm. their acting gig, their permanent acting gig, and all they do is act, quote unquote. They jump from reality TV show to reality TV show, and like I'm seeing that now, and I just think it's it's dumb, and I don't like it. But, you know, that's their hustle, so, like, I can't knock it. Why? Like, I don't, I don't know, that's so dumb. I get where you're coming from, Lan, because as viewers, we don't know if they're truly acting, or are they being themselves, are they bringing their authentic self? So I get it. I get, like, bringing bringing in real people, and then maybe fabricating a scene here or two, or, like trying to encourage them to be interesting because yeah i get it if you film people 24 7 it's not always going to be interesting every single minute but then like when you're getting actors to play people it takes away from that whole like and i already know reality tv is fake but come on like (laughs) now i'm just even going to be more uninterested in their storyline right i don't like that anyway yeah Wow, that's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, while we're at this topic, guess who is the highest earner of highest net worth 90 Day Fiancé cast? Colt. I'm going to have to say Juliana's husband. Um, You know, he didn't make the list for some reason. I don't know why. That's a great point. I thought he was pretty well off, but he didn't Mm -hmm. make the list. So uh, you mentioned Colt. So Colt is worth 600,000. Huh. Yeah. And below Colt is Larissa. She's worth half a million. Wow. Yep. And so her asking Eddie for all this money for her surgeries is another bullshit thing that TLC is trying to push down our throats. Correct. In fact, I have breaking news. So I'm just looking at my Instagram right now. And there's a celebrity gossiper. Johnny Yates just posted something about Eriki actually boasted about his bank account. And I guess if you guys are fishing out your phone right now, you can probably see what the fuss is all about. Apparently, his balance is in six digits, you guys. Dang. And he's yeah. over here bumming iPhones from Larissa. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> And oh, basically, he can afford many booby jobs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> this is going to turn into fraudcast. <laughs> I know. Because now I'm going to want to see how many ways we're being duped over here. I don't like being being duped, man. This I is know. crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, we're not taking anything away from frauded by TLC. They they oh, do like wow. intense research and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like uh, one person, right? Like doing all this research. I think she's killing it. She's awesome. I think she has help. I mean, she's I'm not, I don't take anything away from her, but I think she has help. Yeah. So props, props to uh, Fraudcast and Frauded by TLC. Yeah. yeah. My, we follow them. <laughs> we follow y'all. If y'all are listening, I don't know if y'all listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. And that is pretty much it for owners. Shall we move on to Colt and Jess? What do you guys think? The whole thing about his dick pictures being circulated 
everywhere. That just honestly made me throw up in my mouth, guys. That was yeah. so disgusting. Same. Yeah, Same. tell me about it. I was so grossed out. Same. And it just, he's continuing to lie again. Mm -hmm. Every single scene with him in it pisses me off because I know he's just lying. He's lying to make himself look better. He's lying to her. He's lying to us. Oh, you know, I didn't know that we were still together. So I sent my dick to eight women. Like, you know, and then he's hiding the fact that Vanessa lives with him now. Like, dude, you're just a liar, dude. Can you just... It's own up to that. <laughs> You're yeah. a liar. Jess is just as you pegged as a liar. You're a liar. Like, ugh. What did you guys think about Colt and Vanessa's interaction? Like, it felt like they were a couple to me. Yeah. But yeah. When they were talking to each other, it was like they were together. And mm -hmm. she was like getting all annoyed and stuff at him. Like, it's almost because... like Vanessa once seemed to say, like, why didn't you just say we're banging? Yeah. <laughs> When she was like, did you tell her about me? It wasn't like, did you tell her I live in your bedroom or anything like that? It was like, did you tell her we're dating? Did you tell her we're boning? Like, you know, I, I, that's, that's kind of how I saw that interaction. He's like, no, not yet. And she's like, all right, well, where is this headed, right? So She probably yeah. gets a cut from uh, Colt's TLC money. That's why she's playing along. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she's getting, like, paid as a character on the show at this point. Yeah. Can we talk about boobs? Just so, talk about boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa's was out. And and I don't know whether you guys caught this, but Colty's boobs were bouncing when he <laughs> went down the stairs. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> I was trying not to look at this titties. Yep. This whole podcast can be summarized by Dicks and Boobs. Dicks and Boobs. <laughs> it's brought to you by Dicks and Boobs. <laughs> we won't get past the content filter. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. And how, how stupid is Colt to think that, oh, having Debbie around would calm Jess down? Like, <laughs> what is he? Yeah, that just, that just looked it? so awkward. It just made everything more awkward. Because Jess was there, like, reading the entire situation. Like, dude, this is awkward. You're talking to her funny. She's talking to you funny. I'm on, I'm, I look like I'm on the outside of an inside joke. Like, and, you know, that's when she just, like, called bullshit. And she was like, no. And then she took control of the scene, right? Like, you're a liar. You're a liar. I thought she, <laughs> I almost had a heart attack. I thought she was going to show Debbie his dick. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. When she I pulled know. out her Same phone, she here. goes, look at you, look at this, look at this. And then you see Colt, like, <laughs> he uses his face, just as like, oh my gosh, don't go there. And he's like, mom, you got to go upstairs. You can, you need to leave or whatever. Like, he was trying to tell her to leave. I was like, dude, do it, do it, do it. Like, pull yeah. it out, show it to her. <laughs> Come on. Yes. I wanted to see that. And then she it was a text message or something. She's like, look at what he's texting. And I was like, oh no, just go ahead and show it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would have been the most intense, hilarious, over the top scene. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I think like Jess is so over cold and so over his shit. Like yeah. Like, her energy, her enthusiasm, her happiness towards him, it's completely gone. Yeah. She looks at him, like, so resentfully, and she looks at him like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, that's kind of, yeah. like, what's going on in her mind. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that she's giving him another chance just because of the whole green card situation. But she's realizing that this guy is exactly what Larissa told her he was going to be. Mm -hmm. And she's just, she's over him. Like, I'm, like, I just see, like, 
the beginning of the end of their relationship with this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And Again, we all know that they're no longer together. So Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys catch the part where Debbie thinks that Colt is giving her another chance? I'm like, what what are you hearing from Colt? Giving Jess another chance? Yeah. Did you guys catch that? She no, thinks like, oh, you're giving her another chance. I'm like, no, your son has been lying and sending yeah. dick pics. Yeah. Like, wake up, woman. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Colt can do no wrong though in Debbie's eyes. Like oh, that of course. is like that's like, you know, her sweet little boy. So anyone that comes close to him is like the bad person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that I'm sure that Debbie would defend the fact that Colt is sending dick pictures and somehow turn it on Jess, you know? Well, you're the one that ignored him or you're the one that blocked him or I can just imagine her giving like some little like response like that, you know? It's yeah. your fault, Jess. You're the one that said you're not interested in Colt anymore. So what do you expect him to do? Do you think that was a fair reaction? You know, devil's advocate time here. If, if you're blocked by your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever have you, um, that, you know, it's open season. Talk to eight people at the same time because they blocked you. What are y'all, what are y'all thoughts on that? But that's so high school, right? Yeah. That's so, like, that, college. Right. Exactly. I disagree. So I, it's social media. <laughs> I disagree. I, I feel like Colt and Jess's relationship was like much more beyond this, like just, Hey, we're getting to know each other. I mean, he went, met her family, flew to Brazil, took his mom. I mean, their relationship in my opinion was kind of like more like phase two or phase three. And the fact that, you know, someone just blocks you temporarily that what, that just means like you're going to throw all that in the garbage. Like, no, I just find like, that's just his excuse, you know? Yeah. That's what we meant. That it's like his reaction is so like, like a high school kid, like just yeah. throwing that away when right. obviously he should have men up and actually yeah. wait until they talk again instead of like immediately sending like dick pics to eight women in a month. Like that's, right. And it's <laughs> that's, like social media, it's Instagram. You don't have her phone number. You know, you could yeah. call her and text her, work things out. It's like, oh, I'm blocked from seeing your profile. That must mean we're broken up. Like that's so dumb. Yeah. It's, it's, is, it's totally it's an excuse. excuse. Totally. And he's just such a narcissist. You know what I mean? Like, okay, uh, she blocked me, and, but and I'm entitled to do whatever I want now. And so, you know, yeah. I'm going to just go ahead and copy and paste this picture and send it, you know, across the world or wherever the hell he sent it. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just such a selfish, like, narcissistic thing to do, which is just, it's all about me. It's all about my feelings. It's all about, you know, my personal pleasure. And if Jess isn't going to give it to me, I'm going to find, you know, at least a minimum of eight girls that will, right? Like, right. get the hell over yourself, dude. Like, this guy is just so, like, full of himself. He thinks he's something. And mm. he's nothing in my eyes. Yeah. But I guess Jess is right. Hollywood does need cold because he's full of shit. <laughs> Moving on to Larissa and Eriki. What do you guys think about her? The boobs, the boob scene. We're gonna talk about that. Her boob job scene. Yeah, that's what I was gonna get at. I don't buy the whole. I lost my confidence because after I gave birth, I don't feel confident anymore. Because I think the amount of work that she wants to get done is way too much for just like a small. I don't know, like, oh, I, I had a kid. I, I would get certain things, right? Like, 
I had a kid. Now I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't shed this fat. I would get that. Let me get liposuction. But then to use that, to use her uh, like giving birth as a justification to get a nose job, a boob job, and then liposuction and like whatever else she wants to get done. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy that whole, oh, after I gave birth, I lost my confidence. No, I just think this is what you want to look like and you need to pay for it, right? Um, And we talked about dysmorphia, body dysmorphia. I think that's the problem. Yeah, it's disturbing when when Larissa said she wants to look like a blow-up doll. Like, why? (laughs) You're pretty already. Why do you need to look like a fake blow-up doll? You know, I thought everyone wants to look like they want the big lips like Kylie Jenner and this big ass like Kim Kardashian. The now it's like the big titties. I mean, this is this is exactly what is like the ideal look that women are brainwashed to look like. A blow yes. doll. They are, yes. unfortunately. Yes. You know, I, I like, blame the like, Kardashian Jenners. It's 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 totally normal. Like having having the fake lips now is equivalent to having a Louis Vuitton bag. It's a sign of like, hey, I got money. Uh, I got, you know, at least two, three hundred dollars on my lips. I got Botox in my face. I got, you know, five thousand dollars on my chest or whatever that number is. You know what I mean? It's it's a sign of like, I'm doing good. I have, I'm showing off. And I think for Larissa, this is just her ideal of living the American dream. She's on American television, you know, like Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Here I come. This is this is how I'm gonna get to Hollywood. I'm gonna have to look a certain way. And I kind of feel her on that. Like if that's the path she's trying to take. That's kind of she. She needs to kind of change her image. She lost a bunch of weight. She's you know t- tucking this, nipping that, you know, enlarging this. And then just to go back to her whole like point on like how after she gave birth she just wasn't confident. For someone who has had two kids, the whole boob thing it like it does suck, especially if you like breastfeed. Your body does change, so I I do feel her there. But at the same time, it's like, is it necessary to do so much? Right, like that's I didn't think she needed the liposuction. She kept saying stuff like, "I need liposuction here because of that, and liposuction here." And I'm like, "Why?" Like, I'm like, "Why at the thigh?" Like, yeah, mommy, I get it because if you know you gave birth, you might want to tighten some stuff up. But like in the thigh, now you now you're going too far. You know, it's just yeah, she has a great figure. If if I may say, I didn't understand all that. And it looked like Eric didn't either. He was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was so surprised that she wanted lipo in all these different areas of her body. But like, look at Kim Kardashian. She's got skinny ass legs and a huge ass. Okay. Which is not normal because I have a huge ass. Okay. <laughs> and let me just tell you, a huge ass comes with, with chunky thighs. You can't have one or the other. It's proportional. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, it's like this image that everyone has in their heads of being a Kardashian or being like one of these fake people in Hollywood that's like all over the world I feel bad for her but mm. in, her, in her mind like like she's she's making it for her to look like a blow-up doll like she's made it right I mean imagine like where she came from in Brazil she had to leave her kids behind for a chance of a better life in America mm. and imagine where she came from and imagine where she is now in her head where she's on American primetime TV People like know who the hell she is. Right. So she's like, holy shit, like I made it and now I, I gotta look the part, you know? Right. And yeah. she's just she's just checking off every box. Do you guys catch the part where she said she doesn't get naked in front of Eric? I did. That was weird. 
yeah, when they have sex, she still has a bra on or something. I mean, no judgment, but you know, I guess that's her being insecure of her booby, maybe, in a way. Caught that, and I found that to be super weird. <laughs> but is it weirder than the plastic surgeon hitting on her? Nah, did he did hit the on plastic her? surgeon hit on her? I didn't I catch, that. catch that. <laughs> I mean, he he complimented her nonstop in front of Eric, and I felt uncomfortable. If Larissa's my girlfriend, like, what is his doctor trying to do? I mean, I get it. He's trying to sell her all of his services, right? Like, oh yeah, your nose is truly big. You need to like, you know, do something about it. Oh yeah, we should get, you know, we should look into your lipo or whatever, right? I mean, he's trying to sell his service. I get it, but like. It got to a point where it became like he really hit on her big time. <laughs> I mm. felt that way. I don't know why. Like I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't come across to me. Yeah. The other uh, funny thing that I kind of observed is that they were in that lingerie shop, and I think she was getting like measurements or something, or trying to see what she could buy in terms of like you know lingerie and teddies and bras and stuff. But then they walked away with only three panties. Guys, <laughs> catch that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't watching that closely, but dang. I paid too much attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought she ended up buying the red one. No, they, she said, oh, uh, this gentleman is going to pay for these three things. And then I saw on the counter, it was only three underwears. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't no, think they picked up any, think... like, yeah, any lingerie or whatever. But anyway, that was funny. It's, it'll be uh, obsolete after the after the work. So, like, maybe they had to wait a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad she settled for a double D's. I mean, to go for like anything bigger than that, but that would look super fake and super heavy on her. But mm-hmm. anyway, just my uh, my two cents. What do you want to say about Karini and Paul? Their relationship is doomed, you guys. Like, it's I mean, done. I, it's done. Know, like, I mean, she's pregnant with another kid, which again is you know like you just want to question her judgment there. But she's so miserable with Paul. She's so miserable. Like, you can just see it across her face. And Paul is over here thinking, like, he's, like, doing all these amazing things and sacrificing so much. And he's not doing shit. He is kind of a deadbeat. Let's just, like, throw that out there. Yeah. Um, so their scene is always just really just brings me down a notch or two because they have a kid. Karini just looks miserable. She looks very sad. She's clearly unhappy. And same with Paul. Like, Paul doesn't look like he's happy. He just seems like he's very controlling. And, right. when, you know, when she told him, like, oh, hey, I went, I spoke to a lawyer. Like, I could just see, like, his head working. Like, holy shit. Like, sh- like, what do you mean? And, like, I lost control. And how is that possible? And all this stuff. So it kind of, like, scared me a little bit. Because he seems like the guy that would, like, lock her up and make sure that she doesn't see the light of day. Yeah. If, if, exactly. if he's afraid that she's going to run away from him. Yes, that was one of the things I noticed with the garbage bags. Like, I don't think people understand the severity of that, right? Like, this is somebody who does not want people knowing what's going on in the house. And I understand privacy. I get it. Like, people buy blinds and people, like, get curtains to kind of, like, cover their windows and stuff like that. But to just go ahead and put up straight up black garbage bags to cover the windows He's trapping her in there. 
Like he does not want people knowing what goes on in that place. And for me, that was all, that was a super red flag. And like, I know that there are these comments out there still that people are like, oh, well, you know, she was using Paul anyway. I think that narrative is out of the door. Like at this point, she's trying to escape. She could live without that green card or fucking the visa, whatever. That's not even the point anymore. She don't even want to be in America. So this thing that like this narrative that, oh, she was using Paul, like you can toss that out the window now at this point. Like she, I don't think she wants to be there at all. So yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad for her, especially. Um, yeah, I mean, I maybe feel bad for him too, but with everything that that's been happening, it, it hasn't really painted a great picture of Paul as a person. And um, I, I think she's a victim here in this relationship. Absolutely. Did we cover uh, Paul and Karini in one of our Patreons? We did, right? Yes, we covered in the uh, WTF Extra, we covered that weekend where, you know, it was a crazy weekend. She left. He called the cops. Um, apparently, he told people that she was missing and that she had kidnapped the kid. And then she filed a restraining order or some emergency protection order on him. And we cover this in the Patreon. So y'all are getting like free content right now. But yeah, basically, she said that he had raped her and he sexually abuses her. Pretty effed up stuff. So uh, if you want more of the deets on that, um, head over to our Patreon and uh, listen to that episode. It's, it was pretty bad. Pretty serious stuff. I, I was yaying because it, it's, a, it's a shameless plug to our Patreon. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> nice I little segue there. Right. I, I have a quick update on what Paul has been up to. So for some of you who follow him, you guys would already know that he is currently in Brazil alleging that he is there to clean and organize their Brazilian home. What? Um, I don't know what he means by that because his own trailer is not even clean and organized. I don't... Well, I did see pictures of it recently and he did try his best to organize and clean. And I'm guessing this is after Karini left with the baby. He claims that Karini is not in Brazil. In fact, according to him, she is in Indiana. Not sure why. He claims that he works remotely and only needs internet. Also claims that he hasn't seen Karini and Pieri for a while now. What folks are speculating is that he is in Brazil to install more security cameras to monitor Karini and Pieri (laughs) should they ever fly back. Um, So, yeah, I don't trust Paul at all. I don't know what he's up to. I don't know where he gets the money to travel back and forth, you know, to and from Brazil. But yeah, if I were Karini, I would have just left and gone back to Brazil. I'm not sure if she knows, but Brazil is a non-extradition country. So if there's any lawyers out there listening, please feel free to fact check me. But if Karini were to leave, I'm guessing Paul cannot get her to come back to the U.S. because Brazil is non-extradition. But I'm guessing Karini probably staged that scene because you know the producers probably want her to like film something, and so she went to to see a lawyer. But I have a feeling she knows she could have just up and leave, and Paul wouldn't be able to get her to come back. He has rights as a father, though, of the child, right? 
He has but, rights if Pierre is a U.S. citizen. I'm not sure if Pierre oh. is a U.S. citizen. If he's born in a U.S. embassy, then he might. That whole part there, I'm I'm not sure. And Paul is not military, so it's not like Pierre is a U.S. citizen by birth. I could be wrong. I could be right. wrong. But so again, if there's any lawyers or any fact checker out there listening, feel free to leave us a message on our Instagram or Twitter. Or email us at 90dayfiancewtf at gmail.com to let us know what's going on with Paul and Karini or the situation with Pierre. But yeah, I just found that it was really awkward when he tried to console her. That was just like, here, here, here. And then he tried to like hug her and Don't in cry. like three, four different ways. And I'm like, dude, ugh, stop. She just like hates him. Like her body yeah. language is like, just get the fuck away from me, dude. Like, just stop. Go away, stop. Like she, that's all she says. Yeah. Right. You guys know who else probably can stand their own significant other? Michael? No, <laughs> close, but Kalani. Yeah. It's Kalani. It, you guys. Yeah. This doesn't look good, y'all. Um, we're literally seeing their marriage deteriorate in front of our eyes. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I keep up with the socials a little bit. Um, only because they come across my feed and, you know, I see him doing fire dances and in their driveway and stuff. And, you know, they have a TikTok video where they're dancing. So I assume things are okay, but damn, like last night's episode was really like, this is, it looks like it it didn't look good. Right. But um, I know that they, that they want to go to, she calls it therapy. I think it's marriage counseling. Maybe it is therapy or maybe they're synonymous. I have no clue. But maybe that's helping. But she just, she, I feel for her. Again, like I said, she looks really sad when you're, you're seeing her cry. I think that's, that's super genuine. And she's just at the end of her rope. I don't think, uh, I don't think she's happy at all about the situation with her and Asuelu. I was really disappointed to hear that after their argument, Asuelu went to his family's house. You're going to leave your wife with your two kids and then go to these people's house. That is like the root of this huge discussion and argument you had with your wife, right? She, right. She left her and went to, right. What is his mom and sisters, right? Or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. like, just, I wish I could have just been like a fly on the wall at his mom's house because I'm sure they're just talking shit about Kalani and leave her and you don't need her. And you know what? Like you're better off before you met her and totally just doing that whole thing. So I just, I thought that was just such a, like a childish move, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go to my mom's house, like instead of actually talking about the issues. And I feel like the way that fight even like exploded was just a non-important topic. They started arguing about who was going to kick whose ass. Like that was just so bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> You know, that was just so bizarre. Like how did um, like that, how did you go from like square one to like just this weird rabbit hole topic? And then he just magically appeared the next day because, like, there's the fly out or, like, there's to leave and go back home or whatever that was. I just hate him. He just does whatever the hell he wants to do. And Kalani's over there, like, nursing, one baby asleep, another baby asleep, trying to put her makeup on, like, crying. I was, like, stressed out for her. Yeah. And the fact that her own husband can't see that to help her or even acknowledge it, it's just, like, you don't fucking need him. He's just, like, another mouth to feed at this point. And, like, he just, if anything, gets in your way. So, like, just get rid of him and just do your thing and just acknowledge you're going to be a single mother and 
plan accordingly, right? Because right now she acts like a single mother, but she's really not. She's like a household of four. But if she actually knows, hey, it's just me and I'm by myself, she can definitely adjust and then get help and do things in a way that will always give her that support she needs, which she doesn't have right now with Ansuelo. So yeah, it was it was not, not my favorite scene because I really like her. I thought she and Asuelu fought because Asuelu overheard her conversation with Colini and he didn't like it. So they had a huge fight over that. It was not because of the, you know, who can take down who, but I thought the huge fight was because, you know, when they filmed that conversation between her and her sister, he didn't like what he heard. And yeah, I just thought that was. Yeah, um, I, know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think, I think it, it started with that. Like before, before she went, out of the room right like it was the preceding scene and then yeah she went, you're right you're right yeah, yeah yeah but yeah it's sad that it happened over valentine's day and yeah you can tell that she's had it and you can tell she's she lost her spirits too so i i agree with her it's not a great trip <laughs> it's a waste of time if anything mm-hmm. i do want to read something that she recently posted on her social media account which i thought was really interesting because we talk about remember during the last podcast i believe might have been last week or you know two weeks before i talked about samoan currency and what that is relative to like the u.s currency so kalani pretty much confirmed it you can actually feed a family in samoa for 20 dollars u.s dollars by the way a month wow so crazy technically if they offered her family one hundred dollars. That's five months, y'all. That's that's yeah. Not, that's not bad. For yeah, family. for a family, not yeah. one person, a family. Exactly. Because remember, I told you guys how cheap rice was in mm. Samoa. So think yeah. about how far how that dollar would go, how much it can stretch. But anyway, I believe you. Yeah, I believe well, you. Know, that thousand dollars just seems absolutely fucking ridiculous now to me. Because yeah, Mama I mean, was gonna pocket the rest of it. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what that's about. <laughs> Can I just tell you? Never in my life has someone just given me a thousand dollars. Okay, I got. I remember my high school graduation. I got five hundred dollars cash from my parents, but those wow. are my parents. Okay, yeah. and then like when I got married, I got, I got a bunch of cash. But I was getting married. Like it wasn't because like I was like, hey, I need a thousand dollars. Like in America, of all places, that's a lot of money, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, seriously, who goes to a strip club and not look at people twerking? Come on. Oh my God. Come on, my, come on Angela. Come on. I'm sorry, it, but it wasn't was even that bad. That yeah, it wasn't even that bad. If I was there at that strip club, it's like my bachelor, it's like a co ed bachelor, bachelorette night, right? And there's a girl with her ass hanging there. Like, of course, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to assume everyone else is going to look at it. Like, that's just where you are. Mm-hmm. It's It just doesn't, it didn't make any sense to me. And like, her mood just went from like zero to a hundred in like fucking three seconds. Right. Like, how do you, how do you expect Angela to compare yourself, an elderly woman with like six grandkids to this like young, attractive stripper? Just her body was amazing, right? Like, right. how do you, like, just put yourself in the same category and then not expect Michael to, like, look at her? Like, he's right. a man. She's a she's an attractive woman. I was like, wow, like, she's cute. Like, I would, I would be looking at that booty also or whatever the hell was going on over there. I don't know. Like, I just, I hate Angela. And 
this is just another thing where she just blows up and you know she needs her, she needs her dog michael to do what she says and and if it doesn't happen all hell will break loose i was like just shut up thing was it was so unreasonable what else is going to look at like if you go to a candy store and you're surrounded by candy you're going to look at the candy when you're going to the zoo and you're surrounded by zoo animals you're everywhere you look there's going to be like a, a fucking zoo animal like he had nowhere else he could have looked up down left right like Dude, where is he supposed to look? But at, like, at, at in a club full of dancers. Do you know I mean? And, and she wasn't even a stripper. And again, this just goes to show how one-sided their relationship is. Because she's over here. Like, he's, he's already got a tiara with two penises on his head. She's pounding drinks. She's dancing with him. They're, you know, like, is he not allowed to have a good time also? Is it just you? You know, and like you said, Marion, was this a co-ed thing? I didn't know that. But if it was, even more so. Like, why are you the only one allowed to have fun at this party then? Exactly. You know, and he gives, he gives, he, he looks. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't have mattered where he looked because they were everywhere. It's the club, right? Like, are you kidding me that he can't even enjoy his, like, bachelor party? You know, and, and dude, it was just so one-sided. And then she threw out some threat. What did she say? Oh, I'm going to go to another club where there was all these guys. Oh, like, that's bad. You know, anyway, it was it was frustrating. I feel bad for him. He chased after her again. I think he was trying to apologize or whatever. I'm like, dude, just stop, man. Just stop, dude. Angela's the way she is. And you need to be running the other way. You know, like, totally. yeah. So my impression, and maybe I'm wrong here, maybe I, I read the scene wrong, was that she asked Michael to, I guess, recommend a place or to take her and Jojo to a place where they can have like a bachelorette party slash bachelor party. And I think because Angela foots the bill, I thought maybe Michael thought it would be a good idea to bring her to a strip club because it's like he gets to see the girls and she pays for the <laughs> drinks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not condoning her behavior, and I mean, Angela did enjoy the drinks, right? I mean, she double fisted. Yeah, I she guess. was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even so, right? Like, just have fun. I know other women too uh, who are out there who wouldn't like who have things against strip clubs and stuff. But come on, man, have fun, y'all. Live a little. <laughs> Is it really that bad? Especially hey, when they're not even stripping. Like they had their, they were clothed. Like, yeah. so what? You're shaking a pound of ass here and there. Like, whatever, dude. You're at a club. And my whole thing too is like, what does Angela expect to see in Nigeria of all places, which is like a male-dominated society, right? Like, does she expect to walk into this place where there's like men dancing for women? It doesn't work that way in Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. That that again is a very American mentality, and. I doubt even in Nigeria that women have bachelorette parties. So I'm Mm. sure even that whole concept was new for Michael. Mm -hmm. And probably Angela said, yeah, you know, like we go, we find strippers. And probably in Michael's mind, he was like, okay, the only place that I know that has strippers is this place. And then he took them there, Um, which I was honestly surprised to see in Nigeria because I kind of thought Nigeria was more of a conservative culture. So that was Mm. actually kind of like surprising for me. Yeah. Um, and then the women weren't naked, as you guys have already mentioned. Like they were just, you know, like just dressed like someone at Hooters would be dressed, honestly, mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And then just just to your point, Lon, like where is he gonna? Where else is he supposed to look up to the, in the ceiling or like down on his toes? Otherwise, Angela was right, just waiting, waiting for him. Yeah. To just to look like she was just waiting for that moment, just so she could say, "Oh, that's it, Michael. You damn near ruined my night." And this, this, and that, and just right. like storm off and turn it into this big Jerry Springer drama for yeah. the TVs. Like, and they were all being good sports too. Like him yeah. and his friends wore like the penis hats or whatever. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, I know they're that trying, so, dude. I know. <laughs> they're that's trying so here. <laughs> Did you guys catch the part where um, Angela shoved her finger into Michael's mouth? Oh, God. <laughs> I cannot unsee so that, yo. disgusting, dude. That was so disgusting. Ugh. Is that what you mean by having fun, Lon? <laughs> Angela shoving her finger into Michael's mouth. Oh, man. Oh, my God. God. I'm just happy like it was like his mouth and not anywhere else. Oh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> did you guys also catch that she brought a dildo? And was charging it. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw. That. Yeah, I was kind of grossed out. So, honestly. is Michael not enough, or is that for Michael? I don't know. I don't know if he took offense. I think, I think, I think they're playful in the bedroom, and she's not shy about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think he like, took honestly, offense. Like, it must be so weird for these like foreign men in these semi-conservative cultures. To come across these women with their dildos, like I don't know, like that must be like, wait, what? Like there was that, there was that other couple. It was Aladdin and um, Laura, Laura, I think. Yeah. yeah, and he was like fucking offended. Like, he was offended. He yeah. was like, I got enough dick for you, bitch. Like just put that shit away. You know what I mean? But Michael's like, eh, that's just Angela. Like I'm not, I'm not enough for her. She needs another one. Fine, it's all good. Yeah, Michael really looks like he's being groomed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the chasing after Angela, the apologizing, no, and then telling the camera like, yeah, I know that Angela doesn't like me looking at other girls. I mean, come on, that's that screams toxic, man. Mm-hmm. Like, Can you imagine how bossy she is in the bedroom with him? Oh, I can't uh, imagine. But I know. I just, Thanks for that, I, Miriam. Yeah, I know. That, that now everyone in. has that scene in their head. Like, Michael, no, no, not that way. Not that way. Down, below. Michael, no, I no. told you not to do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not like that, Michael. Not like that. Oh, yeah. So oh, gross. Man. Totally Sorry, my mind's in the gutter today. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by dicks and boots <laughs> <laughs> and asses <laughs> and dildos and dildos. That's right. I wouldn't say speaking of dildos, but I think Lon, you might. <laughs> Sorry, you might want to chime in on this. So, in case you, you know, listeners, if you if you're not aware, and we're supposed to do a bio on us, but let me spill a little bit of on Lon. He's a huge Bachelor, Bachelorette fan. So, speaking of Bachelor, uh, Yolanda has a new boyfriend and it's an ex-contestant on uh, Bachelorette or was he an ex-Bachelor? Yeah, that's what I don't understand because I don't don't recognize him from the Bachelor so I'm wondering if he was like a, a contestant on the Bachelorette. I didn't recognize the guy at all, but I did see the fact, that little tidbit of a fact from someone who shared his profile. Right. Yeah. He seems like a nobody. Uh, again, they're reality TV actors. Right. right? Exactly. They make, a, they make a career out of being actors on the next reality TV show because they can't make it as actors in 
I guess, A-list movies or whatever have you. <laughs> yeah, total clout chaser, right? Yeah. That's Yolanda's move, basically screaming at TLC to give her another chance at love, you know, mm. to film her again or to feature her on, like, I don't know. But anyway, that guy's also not a foreigner. So, I mean, I'm not sure if he, right. he would be featured on 90 Day Fiancé, maybe on another show, but definitely not 90 Day Fiancé. Well, we'll see. So from one clout chaser to another, Britney, what do you guys think of Britney living to Chicago for a court date and not being honest and upfront with Yazan? Hmm. I feel That's like right. a lot of these couples, they have like very similar theme working in their relationships, which is they're just lying and withholding very important information from their significant other or someone they you know, allegedly care a lot about. Mm-hmm. And it's like this withholding information, it's like it's so bad not only for the person not telling the other, uh, the other person the truth, but also just for like this opportunity for their, their relationship to actually like flourish and to move forward and to, you know, be semi-normal. And what Brittany's holding back is a huge bomb. The fact that she's going to go to Chicago to figure out the divorce stuff, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Like, good for you. But... You have to tell him eventually. That's just a, a big thing. It's like having kids and not telling someone you have kids, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of like, again, a very selfish thing for people to do. But again, their relationship seems doomed from the beginning. We've kind of already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see that oh, she's going she's gonna to pop off now to Chicago. And then all of the previews we're seeing for the October premiere it just seems like just more trouble for them. So I'm not surprised again that her bad decisions, possibly hers, or I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's hers. It could be Yazan also. I know he's not perfect either, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just leading to the end of their relationship. Yeah, that, that was, that's what I was actually going to ask um, y'all. So Miriam, I think you already answered that um, for yourself. So do you think lies by omission are lies because the way she phrased it was like i'm not lying to him i just didn't tell him the whole truth or something like that to that effect you know where where do we draw the line there is that it, it, what if she got away with it right what if she was what if she didn't disclose the fact that she was previously married and then she handled the divorce and then she's fully divorced now she doesn't have to say anything because now now she's divorced, divorced. What, what is there to divulge at that point, right? So what do you guys think about that? Like, uh, and I think, uh, you know, Miriam, for you, no, you have to be upfront and honest about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that do, do, when people say, I just didn't tell the whole truth, is that still lying? Um, I, know how, I know how I feel about it. I want to know what, what you, how you feel now, Nadia, about that. Yeah, I think for Brittany, she's in a tough situation too because she knows how strict Yazan's family is. Mm-hmm. So for her, if she's really sincere about this relationship, that move is just a way to avoid getting both of them in trouble or you know, putting her in a bad light. It's not something I recommend people to do, but I can understand why she did it. But like I said, would I recommend someone to do that? I mean, not exactly. Um, You should always be upfront and honest with your partner. Because I think that if you don't disclose that type of information, it means you do not respect your partner enough. Right. If that makes sense. 
mm-hmm. um, or you don't trust him in trust him or her or them enough to want to open up about yourself. Yeah, it just she has a lot to hide. I think she has a lot more to hide. It's not just that. I'm pretty sure she's not telling him the full picture. You know, she's probably not telling him about her previous relationship with older men or with some other people. Yeah. I wouldn't right. put it past her. Right. Yeah. No, I um I'm of the same I'm of the same mindset. It's one of those things about where it it really comes down to trust. And if you can like withhold information or lie about like small things, you you know, how much more about the bigger things. Yeah. Um, I think in this case, if if the story isn't fabricated, maybe she was just trying to get away with it. If she postponed it long enough and then got the divorce, then maybe she wouldn't have to tell him that she was married because she's not married anymore. So it's a moot point, right? Right. Um, that's the only way I could see that. But at the same time, if you're if you want this thing to start off on the right foot, like build it on a foundation of trust. We'll see what happens in the next uh, in the next episode. So this is the last episode, right? Until the mid uh, or this was this- the mid season finale or the mid-season finale coming up this is the mid-season finale so the next episode will be in october October. right all right speaking of trust and i'm jumping around here but let's do another round of rapid fire tim and melissa go he's annoying i think he was being safe by not telling her but he should have been honest and upfront i understand why you did it, Tim, you know, you wanted uh, a fallback, some kind of a safety net. But at the same time, be honest, you already like ruined your trust. You might as well, if if you're trying to build it back, you have to be honest with everything from here on out. That's just the only, that's just it. Be honest about the safety net. Go ahead. I I agree with Lon. It's like, you already have trust issues because you lied to her one time about Mm -hmm. something very big. And now you're kind of lying again. And as long as that, I kind of get it. What, why you're doing what you, you're doing, but just you know, be upfront and just say, hey, you know what, this is this is how it is, and just deal with the repercussions of the truth instead of like the lies. Yes. Yeah, yes. I I understand the need for self-preservation, but I like I mentioned earlier, you know, trust has to be there. And he just has to be upfront and honest with her if he's really serious about salvaging their relationship, which it seems like he is, right? He's putting in effort. I just question why he didn't do his research. Like, I'm pretty sure he should have done some research about, like, how can I get work in Colombia, right? right. (laughs) And a simple Google search would tell him, like, yes, you either need to get married (laughs) or you Mm -hmm. need a company to sponsor you. But yeah, so I'm guessing this is all for film. All right, yeah. guys, what about Devin and Ji Hoon? What do you guys I think? Her, I, I think her kid has ADHD. <laughs> oh my god, me too. Me yeah. too. I'm, I'm sorry if people have a problem with me talking about her her children. I usually don't talk about children, but I just needed to put that out there because I know that they blamed Ji Hoon in the previous episode. So I'm sorry if I'm crossing a line, but I just think the kid's hyperactive. Sorry. Apologies. I think it's all Ji Hoon's fault. <laughs> That too. I mean, I mean, you can have both, right? <laughs> like, Everything is Jihoon's fault. So, yeah. why even talk about the kids when it's his fault? That's true. <laughs> I just think, Lon, you said if people were to blame Jihoon, right? I think they should also look into like the parenting and Dr- Drusilla mm-hmm. as a kid and the lack of discipline. 
because yeah, when I saw her jumping on the bed and her grandma telling her like, like stop jumping, stop jumping, don't jump. It's like, yeah, if you can control a kid like that, imagine as she grows up, like how wild she's going to get. Again, I mean, there's a thin line between like acting as a kid and just being ill-disciplined. So, I mean, again, you know, I come from parents who like, who is not hesitant to uh, pinch me or like slap my wrist or whatever, and even maybe do more than that. But I guess parenting nowadays is obviously different. I cannot speak to it, but it just seems like Drusilla is out of control sometimes. And maybe it's the camera that caught her in in that light. But mm-hmm. I just feel bad for Jihoon. That said, he should definitely stop using his mom's credit card. Yeah, <laughs> for gas. So that almost kind of tells me that, dude, he is really broke. Mm-hmm. Like you can't afford gas. That's basics. Yeah. Unless yeah. the mom is paying back the credit card company using his money that he mm. funneled to her, mm-hmm. then that's a moot point, I guess. All right. Moving on to Bini and Ariella, which now that I'm mentioning this, I kind of regret not using his thing as an intro. You know how he said, I do video choreography, uh, personal training, you know, circus <laughs> and nightclub dancing. <laughs> and I only earn $500 per month. <laughs> <laughs> I Shout mean, out I, to him for working his ass off. He's busting his ass. Such yeah. a hustler, dude. He's busting his ass. But yeah, it, it's it looks like Dancy Dancy Baby Cool has zero zero account. So I I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot about that. I know. That's his song, right? Yeah, that's his song. Oh, I feel so. Here's here's my take. I feel bad for Benny. I think he's trying. I don't think he's a loser like some of the other guys um, in in the series. Yeah. He's really he's really busting his ass and it's just not enough. I also for think her. for her, I think fourteen hundred a month is is that's a that's a tough bill for anyone to float, uh that you know, including myself. So how much more for a guy who's who's already working like five jobs? And what I got out of their of their scenes was I don't even know anymore if she loves this guy. I mean she says she does. But there's no excitement in her eyes. There's no magic in the way they interact. There's like zero chemistry. It's not even there anymore for me. So I don't, I don't see it. And then to make things worse, we have the preview of what, of what happens, you know, next or after the midseason, after this episode, whatever have you. And it just looks like it's going downhill from here. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say. I think giving him a week is fair. But at the same time, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant. So that's, you know, that's not my call to make, but I just feel bad. It's a, it's a, it's a bad predicament he's in. It's a bad predicament she's in as well. You know, she's the one that's pregnant. I obviously would want her to be taken care of or have her feel safe about bringing a child into the world and whatever like conditions she feels safe in and raising it, whatever conditions she feels safe in. So it's not like I don't like care about her opinion or anything. I just think he's, he's trying and it's not enough. I mean, I think that Lon, you summarized it really, really well. I'm definitely in a similar boat. Um, I was surprised, though, at, like, how kind of aggressive Ariella was this episode. Like, she's usually so quiet and so just soft-spoken, I think. And, like, for her to just kind of, like, give it to him, I was kind of surprised in a good way. The fact that she keeps saying, I want to go back, but then I feel guilty because, you know, he has trauma from his last relationship. I mean, living in Ethiopia is not going to be an easy thing to do, um, especially with a kid. I mean, 
there's one thing to like you know live off of love as like two single people right like there's like oh we'll just have bread and water and we'll like you know live off of our love type of a of a outlook in life but then throw a baby in the mix and you need warm water you need to like you need to like buy diapers you gotta like do laundry all the time all of a sudden you know what i mean speaking from my personal experience it definitely just changes everything and where you live does really matter it's not like oh we're just gonna sleep the floor because it's not about you guys anymore it's about the baby you know it's about this family you're creating and so that's kind of where ariel is coming from and i feel her and if i was in her shoes i think i would just go back to the states and raise my kid with my family and like give him a good upbringing because you know as we already talked about benny he's hustling he's working he definitely is is a hard worker but He's just not going to be able to support himself, Ariella, and a baby, and then give everyone a decent life. Like, we're not asking, you know, for, like, this lavish lifestyle, but, like, just something, like, basic, right? I, I don't think he can do it. I don't know. I know it'll be hard for him, but I, if I was in her shoes, I would be on a first plane back to the U.S., and I'd have my kid in the States. Yeah. I mean, Mariam, you mentioned something about her demeanor suddenly changed. I think that was her Jersey upbringing. Like her jerseyness came out when she was arguing with him in the car. Yeah, that was surprising, I guess, but entertaining. Uh, did you guys catch the part where he did laundry by hand? That was that was yeah, something, right? He had the head. What's that called that you wear on your head? <laughs> shower, shower cap. Shower cap. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's another thing, right? That shows yeah. that he's like working, that he does yeah. stuff. <laughs> he's because, not useless. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a hands on. Yeah, and typically, like in those countries, um the women do the laundry like that by hand. So for the fact that he was doing it, like I was like, good for you, right? Like, yeah. Maybe he's like washing her dirty, her dirty laundry. Like, you know what? Good for you. Like you're, you're showing, you're doing whatever you can do in your capacity to show that you love her and you can support her. But unfortunately, like he's limited in what he could do for her and her expectations are just different and he wants to do it all and he loves her. Like I see all of that. Yeah. But again, it's not about them anymore. It's about this third person that's going to come into the picture really soon, which really, really just changes the dynamics of a relationship even if the situation is great, right? Yeah. Even if two people have like a great life, you know, like living, living decently, a good steady income, a good home, and you have a kid, it's hard. So I can't even imagine having a kid in like a, an environment you're already struggling to acclimate to. She got excited that there was warm water in that $1,400 a month apartment. For, for me, like that's like, a, like that's assumed like is going to be a part of like the place I live. Yeah. So imagine having like a little baby and not having warm water to like give them a bath. That's hard. The yeah, I mean, tough. when you lay it out like that, yeah, even I'm worried now, you know, for her. And I think we all saw in the preview that she did give birth. Uh, she did give birth in Ethiopia. But yeah, I mean, when like when you think about long term, like how does he support them and just supporting them? nothing too luxurious just supporting them like with four jobs and if he's struggling like that yeah i would be worried if i were her as well my biggest takeaway from this scene is that i think she's finding an excuse to leave though i mean i'm somewhat glad that she finally gave birth in ethiopia i still think that her end game here is to leave and raise the baby um, elsewhere 
which right. is kind of a sad thing for Beanie, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Do we want to talk about Armando and Kenneth? I really don't have much to say. But I only know was that I really like his daughters. They're um, um, Kenny's daughters. They're really sweet. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we got to see them on, you know, the last couple episodes. But really, you know, they're saving, they're saving the big punch for the next episode or for the next half of the, of the season. Season, yep, yep. Agree. I like his daughters as well. They're really sweet. I agree. Also, there really wasn't much, you know, much development in their storyline. I think it's just continuation of of what we've been seeing. So I don't have too many comments there. Yeah. All right. Last couple. Summit and Jenny. What do you guys think about that story the parents came up with? The Holy fact that she lived with them. crap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I didn't know. And maybe it was mentioned. I'm not sure. Um, I have bad memory already. But when I found out that she was living with their family for like four months already, that blew my mind. And, you know, I, was, I started questioning myself. Was, did, I, did I miss this? Was this mentioned? But, you know, in our, in our conversations before we started recording, I think y'all two were surprised as well. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was flabbergasted. I didn't know. I didn't know that happened. I didn't know the parents had already met her and that they had already, you know, formed an opinion about her because of having met her and, ha- and her, like, I guess betraying their friendship and their trust. This really, this really changed. It's a game changer, I think, or or, uh, it it, it changes the whole way I see Jenny now and uh, her relationship to the parents. And now I understand a little bit more why the parents would not want to see her or would not want to speak to her. Yeah. So, you know, this, this whole thing is just, it's a, it's, it was a bomb going off when I found out. Same here, Lon. For me, it was like my what the fuck moment because up until we heard the parents' story, in my mind, Jenny was very innocent. Like, you know, she was the victim. She was the one getting lied to. Samit was the one that was like the liar and the guy that's, you know, kind of like talking, uh, you know, in code to her, not being straightforward. But the fact that like this family opened their doors up to this woman that they didn't know because she claimed that, you know, she was traveling through India and she just wanted to learn about the culture. And, you know, she she kind of took advantage of their hospitality. She took advantage of their home. Yep. Um, the mother said that she, she treated Jenny very well. And I could see that because she was, like, serving her husband, like, you know, with two hands and, like, this, like, homemade food. Like, all, all that love that goes into all of that. And then every night when they're going to sleep, Sumit and Jenny were hooking up upstairs. Like, that's just kind of dirty, honestly. Like, if that was me and that was my home and I opened it up to someone and then they took advantage not only of me, my home, but of my son, I would never want to see this woman's face ever again. I mean, you know, like the mother said, I expected Jenny to treat Sumit like her son. Yeah, I laughed. That, that hit, yeah, that hit a yeah. with me. That really yeah. hit a chord with me because it's like, you know what? Yeah, I kind of get it. And, you know, shame on Samit for, again, lying to his mm-hmm. parents. But at the same time, he's like a man. And there's like this woman who's clearly interested in him. And is he just taking advantage of the situation? I don't know what's going on there. 
I do know, like, you know, in India, like, sexuality is not very openly discussed. It's a sexually repressed culture, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with Samit, like, a virgin, and then, you know, Jenny's there, and it's just, like, this thing for him. I don't know, like, maybe a whole different topic, but it really tainted the way I viewed Jenny. And totally. I, I just, I just, I just felt like, you know, she really took advantage of Samit's parents. And now I'm kind of like team Samit's parents a little bit. Like, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. I flipped, guys. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm with you guys. You know, at first I thought, oh, Jenny just wants to be happy. She's, you know, pursuing her happiness and she just wants to be with Sumit and, I was egging them on a little bit. But now, you know, after hearing the parents' side, Jenny does come across as entitled, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you guys, do you think that Sumit was married then or was Sumit married afterwards and Jenny just kept on pursuing him? Because either way, it's fucked up, right? On mm-hmm. on both their parts, but also especially on Jenny's part because Jenny being the older person here, the cradle snatcher, she should know better, you know, than to pursue him. <laughs> yeah, than to pursue a married man. And I mean, it, it just screams entitlement. You know, he'll he'll leave the wife for me, like I'm his first love or something, or like I took away his virginity or whatever, right? But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I don't feel sorry for Jenny anymore, and I'm not sure if I'm interested to watch the storyline. But yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm team Sumit's parents. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested because the fallout looks intense when like, I think that was his uncle. I forget exactly the relative, but in the preview when he said, I'll be his murderer or something like that. Or wait, was that your son? That, I don't that's know. That's your son. Do we, oh, now, you, now you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing it. Um, oh wait, no, no. There was, that one, there was that one scene where they were talking and they said like, um, oh no, wait, that was your son also. <laughs> okay yeah no never mind then <laughs> yeah maybe 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 this is going to be boring i'm sorry um so, yeah I, so, I kept thinking so Nadia, i don't think that that jenny new submit was married Just yeah to go back to your previous point i don't yeah. think that i don't think she knew it i think that, i think he lied to her i think it was a secret it was a secret that was kept and then the marriage happened and then they continued the relationship so I think it came in between. That's where I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I think he was, he, they, they, he was single. And then, then, so they were talking, right? She visits. And then the, the, the arranged marriage happens after she leaves. But then the, they're just too in love, I guess. So they continued their relationship in secret. Yeah. Does that make yeah, I know. I'm with you, Lon. I think, I think the parents probably got worried about, you know, they probably sensed that the relationship was getting serious. And obviously being, I mean, you, you guys heard what they said, right? They were like, well, we want grandkids and we know that she cannot give mm-hmm. them that. So they probably married him off at the first available moment they get, you know, the first chance they got. They're like, all right, we're going to marry him off. And he kind of like followed their instructions and like got married anyway but then jenny was always in the background sort of reminds me of another oh it reminds me of prince charles and diana 
Like, you know how, like, Prince Charles got married to Diana, but Camilla Parker Bowles was right, in the background. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, like yeah, I wasn't sure if that was a good analogy. But, yeah, that kind of reminds me of that type of situation anyway. All right. Anything else you guys want to add about Sumit and Jenny? Yeah, that's it for good. me. All right. Well, let's wrap up with our WTF moment. Uh, for me, I would have to say it was the bachelor bachelorette party. Um, and not just because it ended with Angela storming off and Michael running after her, but I just thought it, <laughs> it was a hot mess. Like from the beginning, once she started pounding drinks and then they started, they started dancing. <laughs> it was, it was it, to me, it was kind of cringy. It almost brought me back to when baby girl, Lisa, um, showed up to like Usman's um, <laughs> uh, record uh, release or whatever release party. Yeah, right. It wasn't as bad as that, though. <laughs> that right. takes the cake if we're to compare the two. Um, but yeah, no, that scene was <laughs> that scene was all kinds of WTF for me. And then yeah, they, it ends with her storming off because he looked at a dancer at a dance club. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> so yeah, that was my WTF moment. So I kind of mentioned one of my WTF moments being the moment I, I heard Sumi's parents' story about Jenny. But I kind of agree with Lon. Like the whole bachelorette party scene was so cringy. And then I think like if I had to right. like, pin, put my finger on the exact part that was like, oh my God, are you serious? Like what the fuck? Was when Angela was sticking her finger <laughs> in Michael's mouth. I was like, the fuck? Thanks, Miriam. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Just think about that for you guys. Not <laughs> All right, listeners, marinate on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're gonna leave you with. <laughs> Ooh, oh God! Will I be able to sleep tonight? Anyway, uh, my WTF moment is uh, finding out about Jenny. You know, disguising herself as a Facebook friend, but you know, doing their thing at night, as how she puts it. Right? That was gross. But yeah, <laughs> you. <laughs> doing that thing at night so okay yeah that was my wtf moment yeah so uh i just again want to say thank you for listening wtfers if you love the podcast you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on apple it is appreciated and really helps us out we'd also love for you to join our patreon family every donation helps and gives you access to our discussions on a wide range of topics i think we're going to um, let you know what we'll be talking about uh, in a little bit. But before we get to that, as always, please engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are every Sunday and Monday. We might even shout you out on the next episode. Oh my God, everyone. We are so excited about the family Chantel um, <laughs> starting next weekend. I personally have been following Pedro and his crazy mama and sister and Chantal and her bougie family for a while now. So I cannot wait for season two. It's going to be great. If you guys want to hear more about it, hit us up on our Patreon account. We're going to be um, adding more content about the family Chantel there. So we're really excited about it. I have a feeling you you do a great impersonation of them. Oh my god. It's like but only our Patreon part... people would know. <laughs> so there's there's one part where um Chantel's family is like visiting Pedro's family, like deep in like freaking Dominican Republic, like in some rural part. 
and the mom is like so afraid to eat the food that she's she literally has like an empty spoon and she's like pretending to eat the whole time oh my talking. god oh my god it's so funny guys it's so, so hilarious yeah like, i'm that the... happens, hilarious. we have a lot of homework to do lon right i for one will be binging um season one to get <laughs> caught up and on season two so yeah, we, we might actually have a lot to talk about for that first uh, um, Patreon episode. <laughs> Stay tuned, y'all. Thanks again. Yeah, I just want to say, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and most importantly, share this podcast, spread the love, and oh. thank you for listening. <laughs> Until next time, stay safe and stay happy like Jihoon when Alicia left Korea. <laughs> rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yes. Rest oh in my God, rest in peace.